Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Politics Done Right. I am your host, Experto Williams. This is the progressive program that will take the mystery out of politics. This is the program that will encourage you to make sure government becomes we the people. Whether you are liberal, conservative, or otherwise, you get to air your point of view. Remember, you can also send me a tweet to E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L-I-E-S, that is, at Egberto Williams. Let us engage. It is politics done right. One, two, three, four. Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for spending this time with me. We're going to have a great show today. We're going to be talking about who? Steve Bannon. Who is Steve Bannon? Mr. Trump new chief strategist. Uh, I did a whole lot of writing about good old Bannon earlier this week, and what was the old issue is, are we really concentrating on things that we need to concentrate with Steve Bannon or not? Should we really be concentrating on that the guy is a sexist, a misogynist, a racist, a xenophobic person, a white nationalist, a white supremacist, and all these other issues? Or is there something that is more important about this guy that we should be talking about? I want to get into that. I want to get into that more deeply i hope folks will remember that this is a call and show you can give us a call at area code 646-929-2495 if you want to be uh talking with me again that number is 646-929-2495 also do remember that if you're watching the show on facebook live you can leave me comments if you want to be a part of the discussion if you want me to if you want to give me some sort of information or if you want me to tell people a little bit about what's going on I would, I, I'll, whatever you talk to me about, I'll put it out here. Hey, welcome aboard, my good friend, Daniel Ledo. I think you missed transphobe. Well, uh, yeah, you're right about that as well, Mr. Ledo. I think he's, well, actually, I can't say that because I don't have any evidence that he had anything to say in that regards, but I could be wrong and you could be right. Anyhow, folks, do remember again, call in show 646-929-2495. Again, that number is 646 646- Nine two nine two four nine five. Maybe I need to stick that number in our header as well. Well, Steve Bannon, what do you think about Steve Bannon? Is he a clear and present danger to America or not? Is he a good advisor for Trump or not? What do you think about the appointments that Trump is making, currently making to his cabinet or as his advisors? Does it say more about Donald Trump or is it pretty much Donald Trump making a cabinet in the in the framework of what Steve Bannon was always all about from the, from his days at Breitbart and beyond. Um, the blog of the week is going to be quite interesting because I want you guys to listen to it keenly. Um, last night, I spent some time going over some of uh, Bannon's past speeches, some of Bannon's past panels. And I, I found a panel where he did with, uh, for, with the uh, forward or like future 500, uh, future 500 is a very conservative panel that he was on. And he pretty much laid out his intent. He pretty much laid out what he wanted to do. And this was back in 2013 before 
he ever thought about working for Donald Trump or before he ever thought about puppeteering Donald Trump. And it was, good morning, buenos dias, Ronda, how, como estas? Anyway, it was long before he decided to work for Donald Trump. And what I have noticed in listening to a lot of the things that he's been speaking about is that pretty much he has more, or rather, Donald Trump has morphed his, his being, his ideology, into what Steve Bannon is all about. And that is quite interesting because many think, thought it was the other way around. I think Steve Bannon has so far co-opted Donald Trump. And I think he's doing it in a smart manner, offering Donald Trump the world, offering Donald Trump the ability to be the master of the world the master of this revolution. And by the way, folks, it is really a revolution, and it is a revolution that has appeal. I just took snippets out of the video in the, in the blog of the week that I'm going to read here and posted the video along with the blog of the week. So you need to read that on, on egbertowilliams.com. However, I do believe the appeal that the message has from the wrong messenger and with the wrong ideological parlance, if you will, because again, they are not given this populist message from a position of inclusivity, but instead from a position of nationalism, not for Americans, but nationalism for a particular sect of America. I'm not going to uh, ha uh, take your, your questions yet, Daniel, but I'll do it after the blog of the week. But anyhow, so what is our show going to be today? Earlier this week, I was concerned that progressives mostly concentrating on Steve Bannon's racism, sexism, misogyny, xenophobia, and white supremacist uh, proclivity were missing the most important point. After reading his interview with The Hollywood Reporter, I continue to believe that. Going forward, progressives must build up their own independent infrastructure capable of reaching and mobilizing millions. It is unlikely that the mainstream media sends some respectable investigative reporters that were exceptional during the election will do their jobs and do their jobs right. What are your thoughts? Let us talk. I want to also remind you that you can reach me at hashtag politics done right or Please go ahead and follow Egberto Willis on Twitter. That is E-G-B-E-R-T-O-W-I-L-L-I-E-S on Twitter. That is Egberto Willis is my call sign. And please, for those that are listening here on Facebook Live, go ahead and like the page Politics Done Right with Egberto Willis so that whenever we are having these shows, you are contacted, my friends. But you guys know what time it is. You know what I do around this time. It's time for the weekly blog post. Okay. Okay. The name of the blog post this week is the same name of the show. Bannon Speaks. Trump just a cog in Steve Bannon's roadmap. Again, let me repeat that title. It's important. Bannon Speaks. Trump's just a cog in Steve Bannon's roadmap. Steve Bannon, the sexist, xenophobic, anti-Semite, white supremacist that is Donald Trump's chief strategist, finally spoke to a reporter, and what he said should send chills into the Democratic and Republican establishment 
and progressive alike. Trump is but the empty vessel filled by Bannon. Let me stop. Let me digress. We have to come from the premise of a true reality. First of all, Trump is a wealthy guy who got his wealth started from his father. He has been an unscrupulously negative business person. Uh, We know that he doesn't have a whole lot of stairs, but he is a genius marketer in presenting a facade of success. That is who our president is. Someone that presents a facade of success capable of misleading. But let's get started. Noting that he doesn't have anything upstairs, let's get started. The Hollywood Reporter interviewed Steve Barron recently. Rather, the Hollywood Reporter, that's the name of the magazine, interviewed Steve Bannon recently. It is a telling, or it is very telling when analyzed in the context of a future 500 panel he was on in 2013. The Republican and Democratic establishment and many progressives are still asleep, and they better wake up, and they better wake up fast. And notice now I've also included the Republicans, because again, Trump's no Republican, Trump's no Democrat, Trump is Trump. And what they're doing is disruptive not only to the Democrats, but it will be disruptive to the Republicans when Steve Bannon is crossed. So continuing, the Republican and Democratic establishment and many progressives are still asleep, and they better wake up fast. They better wake up fast. Neither Trump's primary win nor Electoral College win was a fluke. Both took advantage of the complacency of the establishment and the fundamental misreading of the electorate. The snippets in the video illustrate Steve Bannon and his ilk roadmap to right-wing dominance, and with that, the destruction of the social safety net and important government regulations. The country is still progressive in its wants. Let me stop. Everybody likes to look at the way Congress is set up and the way uh, most of the legislatures, specifically small states except Texas, are controlled almost entirely by Republicans and think that it's somehow a conservative modal, some conservative ilk is going through the country. That is definitely not the case. The case is really a co-option of values. Uh, You don't hear Republicans in general in the aggregate talking about getting rid of the social uh, security or all these liberal programs. They they rant and rage about spending, but they don't try to do anything to curtail that. And then they mix that in with some social values and create this sort of a false majority. That is is a well-designed plan. It's almost something tantamount to social gerrymandering, which is what what they're they're very good at doing that we have to give them kudos for doing that so again i want to reiterate the country is still progressive in its wants even americans that are shy about calling themselves liberal they want the spoils of liberalism they won't call themselves liberal but they want those spoils they want the values that or the bad the economic benefit that comes with liberalism It is clear that Hillary Clinton, one of the most unlike candidates in history, received the majority of the vote by a substantial margin. That's fact. While Bannon and company won the presidency for Trump, 
most of the people are not yet with them. And notice I said, not yet with them. And that, believe it or not, is the danger of Bannon. Americans are not yet with Bannon. Americans are not yet with Trump. But Trump and his team were incredibly savvy in a manner very few in the media, pollsters, or professionals talking heads saw. They never saw it coming. Hell, none, nobody saw it coming, right? Well, some of us did, but many didn't. They employed hate, racism, sexism, lies, xenophobia, economic angst, and political party neglect in an orchestrated manner to win electoral votes in the right places. That is the reasons why Donald Trump, uh, when he said, I, I, I condemn the KKK for... Or, or, or I don't accept that the KKK supported me, but he doesn't say I condemn the KKK. When, when a supremacist says something, he, he touches it with light fingers because he, all these different subgroups, he makes sure not to upset. He makes sure not to upset these different subgroups so that he has plausibility with them all. And that includes, and let me, let, let's be frank, that includes black men, that includes some Latinos as well. It is, a, it, it is something that I spoke about in a piece that I wrote several months ago on Daily Coast that I got shredded to pieces when I was talking about what Rand Paul was doing with triangu triangulation. It's a concept that works. President Clinton, the man, was very good at com compartmentalizing folks and then just putting them together just in the necessary manner to win an election. Remember, he didn't win a big election like President Obama did. When President Obama won his 2008 election, that was a mandate. When he won in 2012, that was a mandate. In other words, these guys didn't win plurality. I mean, President Obama did not win a plurality. He won a majority. Donald Trump didn't even win a plurality. Hillary Clinton won a plurality. Donald Trump won less, but he is president. But he is a president without a mandate. And it is our responsibility to make everyone know and to make him know that we know that he is a president without a mandate. And as such does not have the right, we must not give him the right to undo what was done over the other eight years. Only a president that has a mandate that won an election with the majority of the people will be allowed or should be allowed to make these changes. And it is up to everybody. The majority of people on this in this country did not vote for Mr. Trump to ensure that no congressperson stays in office who puts out policies anathema to the voters of this country. Again, it is incumbent on the vast majority of Americans who are the ones who run this country to not allow that which won because of an aberration within the Constitution of the United States to be able to change what the vast majority of the country has voted for. Con sorry for the digression, but let's continue with the blog. Trump 
and his team were incredibly savvy in a manner very few in the media uh, pollsters or professional talking heads saw. They employed hate, racism, sexism, life, xenophobia, economic angst, and political party neglect in an orchestrated manner to win electoral votes in the right places. Now, Bannon's interview with The Hollywood Reporter was telling, as usual, the media spent a lot of time highlighting a passage that, while eye-catching, is much less important than the entire context of the interview. What did they consider? What did they, what did they talk? There's a part of the piece that says the following. Darkness is good, says Bannon. Who amid the, who amid the suit surrounding him at Trump Tower looks like a graduate student in his T-shirt, buttoned up, uh, buttoned down, and tatty, uh, a tatty blue blazer, albeit the man is 62 years old. And then he says, Dick Cheney, Darth Vader, Satan. That is power. And oh my God, a lot of us on the left, not myself, ran with that. He's equating himself to Darth Vader, Cheney, and, and he's power hungry. He says, that's power. Satan is power and we are Satan. That's not what the man was saying. It was a lot deeper. And for all of those who think they're going to convince the rest of Americans that because Steve Bannon says darkness is good, Darth Vader, Satan, that's power. That somehow evangelicals are going to say, oh, my God, Satan. That's not how it works. After all, the evangelicals were the biggest supporters of Donald Trump. They said God sent Donald Trump to them. God sent that genital grabber to support them. Wow. Talking about losing your credibility thereafter. Anyhow, what most Americans should be more concerned about, they should be more concerned with the next excerpt. And it said the following, it only helps us when they, and I believe by they, Bannon means liberals and the media already promoting calls for his ouster get it wrong. They are blind to who we are and what we are doing. And Brother Bannon is right. Brother Brand Bannon is right. And let me tell you what I mean by that. I have been kicking and screaming over the last week and a half saying, folks, do not stand for the bait and switch. The bait and switch is racism raises a whole lot of people's angst. When you talk about xenophobia and racism, they're real. Those are real things. But you're missing the ball. You're missing the ball. We can't do a damn thing about somebody being a racist, a misogynist, or all of that. We can curtail in, to ensure that they do not have an effect on us or that they do not have an effect on policy as best as we can. But we shouldn't be worried whether he's a racist or not. We shouldn't be worried whether he's a misogynist or what. We should be worried about none of that specifically. We need to mitigate what could occur if that's who he is. But our biggest concern is the entire drive of what this guy is doing. Our biggest concern is the ideology and the effecting of that ideology through a Congress that is controlled by one party with very little checks and balance and a filibuster hanging by a thread as we also have a couple of derelict Democratic senators 
that seem already to be caving. But anyhow, uh, going back, the media and everyone else was blind to how Trump, via Bannon, orchestrated a win and what this real, what was the real intent going forward. But if one listens to Bannon on the Future 500 panel and to what he alluded to in the interview, the intent is clear. Bannon intends to blow up the establishment, Republican and Democrat alike. He plans on using the new forms of media to create an ever-growing number of conservative personalities to change the culture. Let me stop there. Remember what I said earlier. Earlier I said most of the country is liberal. They don't admit it, but to look at values, and that's what the values they want or liberal values. They're living off of the liberal spoils. In other words, they got their peace, and now they're happy. They, they, we took advantage of all that liberals gave us. Now we want to sit back and say, not for you, not for you, not for you, not for you. That is what it's all about. Not for you, not for you, not for you, but I got mine. That's what they want to do. But the vast majority of people are good people, and they're still that way. They're still intent on being humane. They're still intent on believing that people have values. They are still intent on knowing that the vast majority of people are good. But if we have this guy Bannon reframing the narrative, if we have this guy Bannon controlling the sources of information, controlling the media, he will have the ability that anyone else has, and that is the ability to indoctrinate. The difference is he will have the ability to indoctrinate en masse. Again, I said before, we don't, I mean, the country is still liberal. The country still has values, but his intent, remember, they got into office without the majority of Americans. Now that they're in office with the control of a, a large part of the media, with control of a large part of social media as well, the intent is now to change the values, change our values, change our goodness, change who we are. And then when that occurs, you know, I always tell, you know, preachers collect their offerings every, people collect their offerings every, you know, every Sunday. And they think, uh, you know, people, a lot of people think, wow, he's always passing the plate or whatever. But then you have some preachers that rarely collect offerings. What they do is they tell you, give what you can and give what you need. Give to keep the progress going. And, and you know, preachers, because some of these guys know something more important. More important than taking something from you is implanting thoughts in your mind. You give me a dollar, all I have is a dollar. I ask you for a dollar and you give me a dollar, that's all I have, a dollar. But if I have your mind, I can get not only your dollar, I can get your house, I can get your car, I can get everything. Right now, to get into the office, they asked for your dollar and they got your dollar and they're in office. And they're going to use that dollar to build the infrastructure then to control what? 
your mind. And after I have your mind, that is when, that is when we have this new ideology. That is where the fascism, that is where we get the birth, I shouldn't even say the birth, but that is where the fascist state is codified. Right now, we're still a plutocracy. We're still an oligarchy. A step away from fascism. And the way Brother Trump is operating, I want to get back to the blog, but before that, I, I want to mention 60 Minutes. They asked Trump. They asked Trump. Trump, or now that you're the president, are you going to still use your Twitter? And what did Brother Trump say? Of course I'm going to use my Twitter. You know, when, when 60 Minutes or MSNBC or ABC or any one of these guys decide that they report something that I don't think is right, I'll go to my over 25 million followers and I'll tell them the truth. So what you see is all of us have been beaten up on a derelict media, justifiably so. But what happens when you have a derelict media? It gives an opening to a fascist who has his own media, which is what we have now. We have a derelict media sans, like I mentioned in the blog before, a few good investigative reporters who the derelict media did not expose enough to put into the sphere all that to disqualify himself from the presidency. But anyhow, so what is he saying he's going to do? He said he's going to use his Twitter and his social media when there's misinformation about him, misinformation about him, that's what he's going to do on his social media to combat the media. That sends a chill through the media because, I mean, if you have the media saying something and Trump saying something else, and the people run into Trump, that makes the media irrelevant. And that's what their intent. The fascist state. The fascist state. Continuing. And how does he accomplish? Or let, me, let me read the line before since I got into a rant beforehand. But if one listens to Bannon on the future 500 panel and do what he alluded to in this interview, the intent is clear. Bannon intends to blow up the establishment, Republican and Democrat alike. He plans on using the new forms of media to create an ever-growing number of conservative personalities to change the culture. And how does he accomplish this with little notice from those who should know? Another snippet from his interview is indicative, is probative. Here it goes. The media bubble in the ultimate repeating the media bubble is the ultimate symbol of what's wrong with the country he continues it's just a circle of people talking to themselves who have no effing idea what's going on if the new york times didn't exist cnn and msnbc would be a test pattern test pattern you know when you have a tv and there's a, when tv starts they have a little test pattern the Huffington Post and everything else is predicted on the New York Times, or rather, it's predicated on the New York Times. It is a closed circle of information 
from which Hillary Clinton got all her information and her confidence. That was our opening. See what Bannon is saying? His opening, Trump's opening, was the media. They got it so wrong. They got it so wrong. Folks have to, folks have to understand what's going on here. You really have to understand what's going on here. Um, it is important to uh, what's going on here. And let me just say one thing. This, the, 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 guy, the reporter who did this um, reporting, he was on TV today, I think it was NBC, where he said, I tell you better, this is what he's saying. I went into Trump's offices for the interview, and contrary to public information being spewed out by the New York Times, I didn't see the chaos the New York Times was talking about. I saw a well-oiled machine in there. Um, If the New York Times got the story wrong about the election, if the New York Times got the story wrong about uh, Trump's viability in the current state of the American psyche, if all of that was wrong, please tell me, who do you believe, the New York Times or the reporter who just interviewed Bannon who was inside. Who do you believe? I'll tell you something. I tend to believe that reporter who was on the inside because everything that the mainstream media has been saying thus far, he gets it right. I'm going to read his sentence again because he's right about this. Here it goes. Uh, The Huffington Post and everything else is predicated on the New York Times. It's a closed circle of information from which Hillary Clinton got all her information and her confidence. That was our opening. There's a lot in that article that Steve said. I mean, I don't like the man at all. All the the adjectives I use about him, I believe, based on everything that I've researched on him. But he has the pulse of several folk, and not only several folk, he have a pulse that if trimmed at the edges, will not only work with those people we think are his voters, but folks otherwise. Think about that. Think about that. Anyway, progressive better wake up. It's the end of the blog now, folks. And then I'm coming to you, uh, John. Progressives better wake up. It is time to create a coordinated effort to go up against the right-wing concerted effort to change the culture. They don't yet have the numbers. They don't have the numbers yet. But indoctrination using the power of the executive is forthcoming with Steve Bannon sitting in the White House. Again, remember that. Indoctrination using the power of the executive is now in the White House. Folks, the telephone number is 646-929-2495. Again, that number is 646-929-2495. Why don't you give me a call if you have something to add? And then I'm going to go into the thread here and look look at some of your, your questions, my friends. But anyway, come on in, John. How are you doing this morning? I'm good. How are you doing? I am doing fine. I am doing fine. What, what, what's your thought? What are your thoughts? 
Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, I think you're right about Bannon. He's extremely disturbing. Uh, you know, it's but I mean, it's, you know, to be predicted. I mean, everybody knew uh what was going to happen if Trump was elected. I mean, I actually think it is worse than I predicted, but uh, right. you know, because now he's he's got, you know, I think the thing that people aren't talking about enough is, you know, Pompeo's embrace of torture. And yeah. also, you know, I mean, I know this is gross, but I mean, he also, you know, has taken it so far to to say that, you know, rectal, what they call rectal feeding, which is right, a torture right. technique, he also agrees with that. So, I mean, this is a really sick man, just like just like Bannon, just like uh, Flynn, just like uh, uh, who's the other one? Sessions, who is. Who was a racist? You know, he couldn't even get on the court. He couldn't even be a federal judge. And 30 years ago, now 30 right. years later, you know, he's going to be the attorney general. It's it's extremely disturbing. I mean, and right. you know, every day it's getting worse. And one thing I do want to address, you know, he's the, what the Doe is saying because you know the guy is so ridiculous. I mean, he's saying government control of my health care is indeed control over my body. Well, you know what? My 92-year-old mother with Alzheimer's, you know, I her when Medicare is paying for her to be treated, you know, have home health care people who give her a shower and who check on her every two weeks to see what she's doing and to make sure, you know, that all senior citizens and disabled people you know, get a, a big discount. You know, they only have to pay 20%. Uh, the Medicare pays the other 80%. And if you think that uh, government control of health care is bad, then, you know, I don't know where you're at morally. You know, if let you me, think that the free. Yeah, let me tell you about the, the I mean, uh, there, there's a certain psyche that, that folks have, and I can guarantee you that. Uh, uh, most of what these people say, they don't believe in. Uh, they don't believe it because when they go to the doctor and they, they're asking for their services, they're asking for the same services that you are getting, John, that your mother is getting, et cetera, and they want those services. Uh, so, I mean, uh, it, is, it is hypocritical of Daniel and many others with the, with, the, with the tone that they take when they are usually some of the folks that depend the most on government. This stuff about uh, I, you shouldn't even accept his premise, and this is to you, Daniel, the premise should not be accepted that we have government control of healthcare. I want government control of healthcare. I'll, I'll be honest about it. I want single payer healthcare. I also want people to pay for uh, doctors, college tuition, so that when they come out of college, they don't have big bills and they can service people at affordable rates. I want all drugs that were created by the by the uh, the, the health uh, the NIH to be. Uh, all the profits from drugs created by the NIH to go back into the treasury and not into the not into the hands of the corporations who take the inventions of the, these drugs from universities paid for by taxpayer dollars and then profit from it. That's what I want. Yes, I do want government control of healthcare because right now we provide much of the inputs as far as our tax dollars in developing drugs, in testing drugs, in all these other issues, and then we turn it over to uh, corporations that then monetize these drugs and uh, under the pretext that they have to do their testing on it. Well, what, what I say is the same testing that they can do on drugs already created in universities could be done by the government 
at a much less cost because we don't have all these things. So let's not get there about government control of healthcare. If people really had the real discussion, if people had an honest discussion about healthcare, and not one that was promoted by the starting from the Powell Manifesto and all these areas, they would think completely different about healthcare. We have to have people first stand up and say the truth. Yes, we want we the people to control our healthcare because we think our healthcare is a human right. It does not belong in a capitalist structure where our where what we depend on as in a capitalist structure is the shareholder value, where the the, the, the fiduciary responsibility of corporations is to their share values, uh, share, shareholders. We should not have healthcare in that domain. Period. It is immoral, and as a country, we are very immoral in what we're doing. Now, it comes, when it comes to Medicare and all these issues, Medicare works a whole lot better than every single insurance because their overhead is no more than three to four percent. While in, in regular healthcare, even with Obamacare. It's 20%, and, it's, and even that is a fraud because what the, what the hospital and the doctors have done since Obamacare is raise prices high so that even though they're restricted to 20%, 20% of more is still more than 30 or 32% of less. So, sir, before anybody talks to me about health care, learn the numbers and learn how it affects you, learn how it affects your family, learn how it affects your society. In every society that we have that doesn't partake of the immoral healthcare system that we have here in the United States, the people are healthier, the people are doing better than we are here. And for those who refuse to accept that reality, remember the word I continuously use. It's called willful ignorance and the ability to be manipulated by an industry that looks down on you. Sorry for the rant. Go ahead, John. No, I agree with what you're saying. I mean, I'm you know I'm for single payer also, but you know what 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 we have an effect. What we have an effect, and what's being taken away. And you wrote a good blog about this this week, or trying to be taken away rather. You know, we mm-hmm. should fight back against this, and right. we also need re- remember 2005. You know, w, George W. Bush tried to, to also privatize Medicare, and he got a lot of uh, – basically what happened was a lot of Republican constituents wrote back to their congressperson, to their senator, and said, we will not accept this. And so we need to do the same thing, even Republicans, and it never right. got out of committee in 2005. And, and you know, I agree single-payer is the way to go to the future. But, I mean, right now, you know, Medicare mm-hmm. and Medicaid are helping, you know, millions, right. tens of millions of people. And, you know, and what Brian is saying is just so immoral and, and horrible that you know, we really need to fight back against this tooth and well, John, nail. And I, I want to bring that up because what you're saying is so true. But there, there, there's another thing. Remember, I don't know if you listened to earlier in my blog. My concern, and when I talk about we have propaganda, or what we have now is, uh, I mentioned it being in the executive. What we have in the executive now is, I, I think I called it. They don't yet have the numbers, but but the indoctrination using the power of the executive is forthcoming with Steve Bannon sitting in the White House. You are correct. What happened before when 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 um, George Bush attempted to privatize Social Security, uh, it, it was unsuccessful because both Republicans and Democrats alike rose up and they said, "No, you are not going to do that," and that had to die a, a, that had to die a quiet death. However. 
what I'm trying to, what, what I was trying to get across in, in part of this blog uh, as well is having a propagandist in having a false purveyor of information in the White House. Now it's a different story because what we have is, if, if you listen to the video that I put, that I have attached to the blog of the week, you see exactly what Bannon is talking about. And he's talking about using all these young people that he, that he has that he's going to make stars, promoting that information, the same kind of people that have convinced somebody like Daniel Ledeau that somehow it makes moral and economic sense under the guise of not having the government control your, your, your body to not have uh, the government health care, which is so false. It's such a false argument. There's freedom versus health care. They're they are mutually they're not mutually exclusive, and that is a that is a fallacy that we get from the right that somehow you know and by the way all of this was scientifically tested by uh, Lunt uh, Frank Lunt to see how can we best screw our people with words and what they do is they find out that what we or what what are we going to do what are we going to do ah we know government healthcare makes more sense but. How do we convince people when all those smart folks are giving them the numbers? We equate it to freedom. Freedom is an abstract in a lot of ways. So we create freedom and government healthcare and, and say, oh, they're not, they're mutually exclusive. They're mutually, you can't have government healthcare and at the same time have freedom. Oh, yes, you can. Oh, yes, you can. Because when you don't have, when you go to an insurance company, you don't have freedom. The insurance company tells you you can use this medicine and you can go to that doctor. That's it. You don't have your choice of doctors or anything. You, you work within the framework of the insurance company. So what do you prefer, having a hundred little governments or one government of the people that are not trying to make a whole lot of fat cats rich? Go ahead, John. No, I agree with that. I agree, and also, you know, the, the word you know, freedom, you know, how about my freedom to actually – continue living you know because if i'm not treated and i can't get treatment uh you know there's a possibility that i might not even live and also there's also can i have a do i have the freedom to not file medical bankruptcy you know i mean you know this is the manipulation of language just like you said i mean right. and so and i mean it yeah i mean it's it worked in election has bought into that fantasy, that fallacy. The mere fact, I, look, I know intelligent, this man is not a dumb person. He's an intelligent guy. I know a lot of, I have folks in my family, very intelligent. This phraseology has worked with them and they're actually voting, they've actually voted for Trump. I mean, a complete, a complete disregard for fact-based, decision making it's amazing it's amazing i know my dear friend ledo it is not, i mean ledo just said sorry but so i come by my opinions by careful thought i know that hampers you when you're trying to dismiss my truth you didn't come from it by basic facts because remember i've sat and heard your facts and most or a large quantity of your facts are based on fallacies and it's based on well-constructed fallacies bs in bs out if I give, if I ask you to build a wall on with bad bricks, the bricks, the wall would eventually fall down. You were, you built your ideology on fallacies that are completely and entirely unworkable. Continue, John. 
Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I, I want to talk about two things. I mean, first of all, I mean, you know, I, I got, you know, serious issues with anybody who's, like, trolling you. I mean, that's what you're doing. I mean, he's trolling. He continually trolls you, you know. So, I mean, you've got – if you – okay, I know you don't care, but, I mean, it's I, – I think that people who troll other people have got – have got issues, you know. Uh, as far as the facts, you know, he said on on your Thursday show he made a comment about mm-hmm. uh, states going around the the constitutional. Uh, he, he basically what he said was that you know states can't decide. This is a federal law how they right. appropriate their electoral college. That is that is wrong. That is wrong, factually wrong, because the state of of Nebraska and the state of Maine have decided that they they would reappropriate their their votes by their uh, congressional districts, and they would have two uh, two votes uh, for the state totals. And also, mm-hmm. the state of Michigan, led by Governor Snyder, was thinking about doing the same thing, except he got so much pushback. From right. them, from from people that he decided, no, I'm not going to do this because this is just too politically uh, untenable. So he was mm-hmm. wrong about that. He also said that that fetuses are people, which is absolutely ridiculous. You ask anybody in the medical profession if fetuses are people, and they're not people. I mean, and and so you know, he's he's just what you said. He's just uh, you know talking uh, talking about. He believes all these non-factual things because he's brainwashed, and he doesn't right. have uh, a careful opinion. All he does is repeat what right-wing media says. And right. so, I, I, you know, I not only that there's a there's a thing that is interesting with right-wing media, but the, the inconsistency of your positions, right? Uh, they, they believe in life, but at the same time, they support the death penalty. Life is life has life has meaning, but the death death penalty is okay. They, 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 again, they support life, but at the same time, policies that actually save lives, uh, nah, even if it, we know that in, in Texas, we're losing over 2,000 people per year because they didn't accept the, uh, the, the Medicaid expansion to uh, Obamacare. So we, uh, we just let Texas die, state-sanctioned murder. But most importantly, they love the Constitution until the Constitution doesn't abide by something that they want. As a good example, let's go with what you just said. When, when Mr. Ledeau has the notion to say that uh, somehow we're circumventing the Constitution because we are saying that these different states got together and said whenever we, when we add up to 270 states, we will vote as a bloc. Whoever wins the popular vote, we will elect that person president. That is within states' rights. And it's interesting that the people on the right love states' rights. And this is what these states are doing, executing their state rights without having the mandated constitutional amendment, which at that point becomes federal, in a federal insistence on the state. But somehow at that point, oh, my God, you're trying to subvert the constitution. Again, the, the right-wing ideology is inconsistent. It's provably inconsistent. And it's morally bankrupt. We know that. But we don't quite say it that way to our good friends because, again, we have to be a bit more placating because you want folks to listen to you. So don't go ahead and just say your ideology is bankrupt. It is, but you, you, you know, point out the part. There are good parts of the conservative ideology that I live by. I, I, I mean, 
I was once the most, the, 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 I'm a left-wing liberal, and, and there are a lot of times I was about giving, you know, even if somebody couldn't do certain things, you give. And then later on, I realized that the conservatives did make sense when they say, uh, when they talk about having skin in the game and that sort of a thing. Everybody isn't like you or me, you know, whether I have, whether I have skin in the game or not, I want to work, whether I have, I mean, I, I mean, nobody, if I, if I were a billionaire, I would get up in the morning and I would go to work. That's just how I am. Not everybody's like that, but to have a society, we have to have a society where if you're able, you work. And so when they came up with certain ideas that says, you know, you have to have certain skin in the game and that I've migrated to those ideas. I was willing to say, ah, based on how things work, ah, you know, you're actually right. But others, I'm sorry. Many of your ideas simply don't pass monster, John. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, mean I don't know about, I, I mean, as far as, as, uh, far as uh, you know, what they want to do is they, they want to have deny people benefits. And, right. you know, because, I mean, a lot of people, especially, you know, this is before, you know, the unemployment went down to 4.9%. Now, if you listen to Trump, you know, oh, jobs, 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 and the unemployment rate is actually 4.9%. Right. But, I mean, this is another misdirection. But, I mean, you know, earlier, you know, in the recession, you know, they wanted right. to, to, to have – to have people not get benefits if they didn't have a job. Well, I mean, it right. people it was hard for people to get jobs back then. Right. You know, now it's a lot easier. And so, exactly. I mean, it, a lot of this depends on the the financial situation of the country. And you know, let's not forget why we got into this wreck is the the financial uh, chaos that the, right. that the Wall Street did. And now now we're going to do the same thing. You know, I mean, who are these people? Jamie Dimon running the Treasury. I mean, this happened during during the Great Depression. Wall Street ruined the country for for the whole, you know, for ten years. We were in the Great Depression, right. uh, and and now with the Great Recession, they both had the same thing. Wall Street ruined it. They wouldn't get regulated. Uh, they had uh, Republicans who refused to regulate them. They were hand in glove. And they did nothing. And now, now Trump's going to do the same thing. He's going to, uh, uh, you know, all the the Dodd Frank regulations they're going to throw out, uh, the consumer right. finance protection that that Elizabeth Warren started, they're going to throw that out. You know, mm-hmm. all they care about helping rich people. That's what Trump did when he went to the Twenty One Club. Uh, he right. said, "I'm going to lower your taxes. All you people paying $35 an ounce for caviar, you're going to have it even better. And all those poor fools who voted for me, who are making less than 30%, uh, 16%. The Trump had a 16% right. gain from from Obama in 2012 of all the people under $30,000. Who, I mean, Clinton still won those votes." But she didn't win them by you know near as large of a margin, and that in the end, you know that was one of the biggest factors. Uh, you know he fooled so many people uh, to thinking he was going to help them, and he's not going to help them. He's going to kick them in the face and and put his boot you know on their neck and say, "Ha, ah, you know I fooled what? you, didn't I?" Right. I mean the, the thing about it though is what's concerning with me, right? And and this is where I stress having having the uh, having the false media in the White House because even there are a lot of people that are being screwed right now with pol- I mean look, look at Texans right 
Texans are royally being screwed by the Republican uh, government in Texas. You and I are Texans. They're royally being screwed. And at the same time that they're being screwed, what do they do? Uh, 703 just called in. Do you want, do you want me to bring you online? Uh, press one if you want to say something, because that's how I know that you want to speak. Or, or, or so if you want to speak, press the number one and I'll see a, a signal here that you want to say something. But um, uh, let's see. It, it, it is, you know, Texans are being screwed right now by our government. And while in Harris County, in Bear County, in, in Dallas County, we've really swept those counties, there are so many people, the ones that are hurt most, and it's the rural counties. It's the rural counties in Texas who, because they don't have the Medicaid expansion to Obamacare, that are suffering the most. Let me see if 703 wants to add something. 703, did you want to add something to the conversation? Well, I, I, I guess I can, sir. Uh... Uh, thanks for letting me speak. Uh, I'm always amazed when progressives uh, mm-hmm. uh, advocate bigger government and then complain when it when it ha- adopts an ad- ad, um, activist stance like Obamacare. Okay, can I ask you something, sir? Yes, sir. Let me ask you: this. How do you um, do, do you consider Obamacare the government takeover of uh, the government takeover of our healthcare? Yeah, it, it, it's a, it's a government manis- manifestation. So of course, it's not a takeover, but it's it, it, it's government imposing its will on the will of the people. And in this Can case, the will of the question? people in Texas. Let me ask yeah. you another question. Another question is, uh, what about uh, your, do you have ins- health insurance right now, sir? Yes. Uh, who, if you don't mind telling me, who covers you? It's private, my employer. Your employer, okay. Uh, can you go to any doctor anywhere in the United States? I, can, I have a, a lot of choices to where I can go, and if I don't like my current insurance, I can find a different employer. But I, I think that's part of the government problem. The government had created a, where uh, companies were, were subsidized for granting health insurance. That's another example of government imposing its will to the destruction of the American people. We should oh, have that, do you think Medicare should be eliminated? It, it, it doesn't matter what I think because it's already banked. It's insolvent. Um, no, it's by, not by, insolvent. That's a lie. That's a lie. It, let me, it, it's going to pay out 80% until 2026. It's an absolutely yeah. not insolvent. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. If Medicare, Medicaid, and Obamacare were desirable programs, why are they instituted uh, at gunpoint? Medicare is one of the most popular government programs, along with Social Security. They have about an 80% approval. That's why they haven't been able to be taken out, and they probably why? will not be even under a Trump government. So I, why, I, would, why, I would really go ahead. Why isn't it why isn't it mandatory? Why do why am I forced into Medicare and Medicaid? Why am I forced to pay for something that I don't want? And why am I forced to pay for Social Security? If these programs are so effective, why is the federal government in Washington forcing us to take them? And then question number two: If government is effective, why not let the states determine the manner in which these health care initiatives are, are allocated and why, social, why retirement is allocated? Why, we, why do we have a one-size-fits-all? Why do we have a one-size-fits-all, too-big-to-fail solution in Washington when our country is so diverse that people in Massachusetts, Texas, California, Michigan, they're all different. So we don't need okay. one size in, in Washington. Let me, let me get – we only have a few minutes, and I want to get – you know, as you can see <laughs> – people get a chance to talk whether they agree with me or not because I respect everybody. So let me ask you a question. 
Um, once people start talking to me about states and, and, and willing to accept what their state is going to do from a government perspective, that's where I see a certain level of hypocrisy. And let me explain why. In the olden days, when our, our government, when our country was formed, states made sense. Having state boundaries made sense because we weren't interconnected as we are today. It was like a lot of little fiefdoms, if you will. Today, states are false boundaries. Now, what do I mean by states being false boundaries? The communication between states, the people living amongst several states within their lifetimes, the, the interaction between companies makes states a false, uh, and, and this is where in a lot of ways I tell you, you know, states are not real boundaries. So when Trump, and, and Trump in effect has admitted that, when he said, when I take over uh, change healthcare, I'm going to eliminate boundaries between states. People can sell all over the place. In effect, he's buying into the same argument that I've been making for decades. And that is, we have false boundary. There's really one government. And what states are there for, you know, when people talk about the states being a laboratory and all that sort of stuff, it's not true anymore because we are so interconnected right now that that doesn't make sense. Now, when it comes to your, your position is a libertarian position, and you have the right to have that libertarian <laughs> position. And I respect you for having that libertarian position. However, let's be, let's be frank. If you are driving your car on a street, if you are doing all the things that depend on the commons, then the commons must request something of you. And that is what I, that, that, you, you're saying we're doing it at gunpoint. We're only doing it at, I mean, we, we vote on, on, on what we consider the commons and we vote on all these issues. Now, I, as a, that's what a society is. Now, what I wish I could do as an independent person is tell folks like yourself, who really dis, has disdain for the government, is we could allocate a certain part of America, whichever part of America you want, and have you live within the confines of that ideology. No government interaction, and you do as you please. Let's appear within those parameters. I would love that, because there are a lot of us who like the security of having togetherness and having people live in this fashion. Many of us love that security. I do, and I know most Americans do. But there are libertarians who don't want government involvement. And I say you have the right to do that. Let's start passing laws that create sections in this country. Where the folks who don't well, want... Using your logic, by saying that the, the states are not a separate political union, you could apply the same logic to the entire world or the, or the European Union or to localities. What you're, what you're advocating is that the central government has a right to tell people in New York City that they, they must carry guns, that, that they cannot pass laws to, to, to prevent the, the, the uh, concealed carry of weaponry. I think I we go. need to restore power back to political entities rather than having uh, the, the dictators in Washington do it. Let's, let's break it down. And so the best, the best, the best person is the individual. Sir, and then from there, we, we allow the localities and the states to decide what they need best. And that's okay, where we function most effectively. Okay, I have 60 seconds, so I have to, I, I have to just take your mic off. I'm sorry, I never do that. I have 60 seconds to go. Daniel, I mean, uh, John, give me a quick closer. 10 seconds. Yeah, uh, Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid are essential for, for the American public. It, it's a matter of compassion and empathy, and people love these programs, and let's not have them cut or eliminated or privatized. Thank you very much. Look, look, folks, and I love the other, that, that the other caller calling because we have to, the way we share opinions is to have other sides bring what they, what they have to offer, and then we 
folks, this is Politics Done Right. My name is Egberto Willis. Thank you for being a part of this show. Do remember to go to Politics Done Right with Egberto Willis on Facebook and like it. You have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Okay, Facebook, uh, thank you guys very much for being a part of the show. Uh, uh, live the show. I wish this guy had called earlier. If he had called earlier, we could discuss it in more detail. But I want to explore a little bit about what he said before I hang up this, uh, this Facebook Live. There are many people who don't like government, and the excuse that they like to use then is the government has a gun at your head telling you to pay your taxes. The government has a gun at your head asking you to do all these things. There are a lot of people who genuinely believe that. And I respect them for believing that. But what I wish we could do as a country to, to have some sort of a peace is for, to have two sets of folk, folk who are willing to live within the government and say that we, the people who the government is, we, the people, the government, can live under the rules that we, the people, establish as a government that the majority, all of us then, submit to. However, for those who simply find the government so outrageous that they just can't do it. They don't want to pay their taxes. They don't want to have Obamacare. They don't want any of that. I wish we could separate a particular portion of our country, of the United States of America, because they're still Americans, that we can give them free reign, that we can give them free reign to live in that piece of land. And to tell you the truth, I would start them off. I'll go ahead and start them off with initial roads, initial schools, initial everything for them to get a start, to give them a start in life. And then tell them to live within their ideology in that part, however they want to organize government or not have government. Because I tell you what would happen. The first time that they're in need, the first time that they realize that with power, the power of many is much better than the power of few, they'll come running back. I would love for many people who believe in small government to really live in a place of small government. The government in the United States, and I'm going to be blunt, isn't big enough. And why isn't it big enough? Because right now we are a corporate state. And when you have a corporate state, you have corporations ruling, not we the people, the government. So they can talk about it being a three, uh, however many trillion dollar government. Our private sector is still much larger than our governmental sector. And I'll tell you something. That is, that is by design, and that empowers a few. Empowerment doesn't come from this great false liberty. You think you have liberty? Your liberty is controlled by our false government, our plutocracy. Folks, have a wonderful Saturday, and I'll see you on Thursday, 3 p.m., KPFT 90.1 FM in Houston or kpft.org slash listen. Thank you.